Girl, he reads from these journals he kept when he was a principal. Uncut and uncensored. Putting all his business in the street. The podcast, Ruthless Equity. The name, Ken Williams. Hi, Ken. Here's another invitation for you. The Journal of Staff Development, which is the quarterly journal of the National Staff Development Council, has asked me to recommend a principal to serve as a book reviewer for the journal. Your job would be to read a book on leadership or some topic relevant to you and then write a brief review of whether or not you would recommend it. They're looking for someone who would write from a principal's perspective and you write very well. So I thought of you. Let me know if you'd like me to recommend you. Rick. The above email is yet one more incredible opportunity set before me this past week. Dr. DeFore has taken my name forward as a possible book reviewer for the Journal of Staff Development. Incredible! This opportunity further advances my professional goals of being an author, consultant, and a speaker. The idea that a book review written by me could be published in a national journal is mind-blowing. I decided to write a review on Fullen's Turnaround Leadership. I love the title, and I had the great fortune of reading a manuscript provided by Dr. DeFore this past summer. I've already ordered my copy and cannot wait to get down to business. Listen, I have revamped my professional development offerings. You can find them at unfoldthesoul.com. Touch the speaking tab. I've got two new offerings. The first is the three-hour virtual PD experience with me. And then the second is the in-person PD experience. Notice I don't call these presentations or workshops because I don't know. No, but I do know. I've gotten to a point in my career. One, my confidence is at an all-time high. I know equity like no one else. I know how to make it practical, tangible, meaningful. I know I could turn those states around who have foolishly banned equity from uh, any of their policies. I can help districts that have policies around equity, but they're spinning in circles, having conversations that don't lead to any kind of improvement in student learning. I can move your district from PLC light to PLC right, because I explain PLCs like no one else. I simplify it. It's authentic. I can take all those moving parts that are swirling around you, all the moving parts and make them make sense. If you are interested in Advancing your mission of learning for all, advancing your mission of equity, excellence, and achievement for all students, regardless of background. If you're a fan of ruthless equity and um, want to move your staff or district forward with it, get at a brother now. Go to my site, go to my page, unfoldthesoul.com. Reminds me of, it reminds me of that book I read. It's called, uh, uh, 
reminds me of of nothing, nothing. And I got 950,000, 1100 books behind me right now on this shelf. And some of them are great, but none of them are like Ruthless Equity. Ruthless Equity is a book like no other, explains equity like no other, speaks to you like no other, the coach on your shoulder, the guide on your side to move you from rhetoric to results regarding your journey with equity. Pick up a copy of Ruthless Equity at Amazon.com. If you are a fan, you've read it, take a minute, please, and leave a review on Amazon.com. Now, back to the podcast. All right, baby, let's get into it. My gosh, I say it every week. There's so much here, but there is so much here. First, this entry hits me in the heart because the Rick I refer to is, of course, Dr. Rick DeFore, who was, you know, one of a handful of influential mentors in my life. And I hesitated a little bit there because influential mentor, it's appropriate, but I just, uh, I wish I could find another word. That just feels like an understatement just in terms of of my career but there's there's a lot here so let's let us hit it first let me give you some perspective uh, this invitation came in around 2007 i believe 2006 2007 and we know today everyone has access to a microphone everyone has access to a camera starting a podcast writing a review i mean that's i mean anyone can do that start that and begin that today. Not that I would be any less blown away today, but back then, magazines were still big, like <laughs> physical magazines. And the idea, you know, the internet isn't what it is today. You know, we don't, we didn't have the access then that we have now. So this invitation was huge. And in my mind, you know, Rick DeFore has talked with practitioners all over the world. And he he thought about me. It's just it's just one of those things. And it it reminds me of a couple of epiphanies that I've had this week and some leadership coaching I've been doing this week around a couple of different issues. One thing I loved about Rick DeFore, aside from his brilliance, tenacity, passion, and results. One thing I loved about him that I, I really work to, to live out every day, especially since his passing, is that I never have to second guess what he says, never. I never have to second guess anything. I can, I can spend all my energy interpreting exactly what he said and what it means to me. But there's no message behind the message. There's no, is he trying to tell me this? Should I wonder about that? And there's never charity. He, he doesn't, I mean, I don't even think he understands the word charity. So there were no charity compliments. So my point is this, and my wife tells me to stop saying this all the time. But you're like, I, I, I don't like writing and before Ruthless Equity, I would have told you I wasn't a, a good writer. 
but I, I think I can, I th you know, I accept that I'm effective. That said, when he wrote, and you are a good writer, there are a thousand million D, 1100 people that could say that to me and it'll go in one ear and out the other. In fact, you know, that, that that's part of what I want to talk to you about in this episode is like make it make it mean something if it's not backed by evidence or influence then I'm gonna have a hard time with it now had I written enough to that point to convince to look in the mirror and say I'm a good writer no but that's where the influencer comes in so you gotta have evidence or influence I didn't have a ton of personal evidence to say I was a good writer. But Rick DeFore is enough of an influencer. And I never have to second guess what he says. And he does not blow sunshine off your ass. And he never has given a compliment out of charity in his adult life. When he says it, that guy's seeing something I don't see. But I have every reason to believe that he sees something. And that's the power of influence. See, that's the power of a compliment. And I've, I've lived my professional life working to model that. I, I'm not going to blow sunshine off your back. Even in situations in my personal life, like for example, you know, with my kids, my kids are, you know, they're, they're now young adults and I'm watching them navigate different aspects of life. And you know, I've, I've had the great fortune. I'm an entrepreneur and I've built a successful business. There are times when they've gotten into scrapes and I can write a check or I can relieve the pain or, you know, I can have them kind of circumvent the lesson with money. And I literally have to have talks with myself about like, what is the long-term effect of this? What's the long-term effect? Am I trying to relieve, you know, my own discomfort because no parent wants to see their kids, you know, dealing with anything or suffering or right dealing with any kind of discomfort, especially when you can fix it. But there's there's perspective, you know. I like I like to spoil my family, but I, I won't enable. And I've had to build a muscle that way. And I I do the same thing professionally. If I give you a compliment, I see something. And sometimes sometimes that compliment is going to be based on just direct results that are tangible that we can all see. And then sometimes, listen, I we all have gifts. One of mine is that I, I do math on people really quickly. I can see stuff. And there are times when I get that intuitive nudge and sometimes I'll just say to a person, I see you. Like, I see you. And I want to be one of those people that when I give a compliment, when I give, when I give a statement like that, it's backed by something. Because we talk about participation trophies with kids a lot, but we don't talk about it enough with adults. And it's happening in adult world as well. Yeah, I worked with a, 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 a school a couple of weeks ago and they were struggling. You know, they were on board with all the, you know, important beats around ruthless equity. You know, we're not gonna, we're not blaming kids. We're not, we're not about, we're about adult expertise first, not about finding ailments in kids. And that sounds good, but at a principal, I mean, lavished praise on her staff 
all day, every day, which is cool until I asked, are the results you're getting as a school aligned with the awesomeness of your staff? And there we found a canyon, a gulf, a huge divide, a huge gap between the results they were getting and her lavishing praise all day, every day. So here's what happened. Data's not where we want it. We say we're not going to blame kids, but understandably so. Some teachers are looking around like, well, I'm awesome, clearly. I mean, this is all I've been taught. I'm, I'm awesome. Kids are not learning, but I'm, I'm delivering awesome instruction, right, from an awesome teacher. And if they're not learning, and we're not talking about kids, and I mean, where's the leak? Where's the leak? And I think part of the problem is, while she may have great people up front, she's given way too many participation trophies on the front end, and Rick never did that. And I prided myself on that as well, and I didn't want them. You know, I was a I was a principal for at my during my first tenure as a principal. I was a principal for about the first nine months at my first principalship. After about nine months, we started popping some results. Late in the year, we started popping results. At that point, I was okay with calling myself an effective principal. I was a classroom teacher for the first, I would say, four months of school as I'm overwhelmed and trying to figure things out and you know, land on, you know, firmly on both feet as a brand new teacher. But when I started popping results, shit, that was the moment I became an effective teacher. And in some areas, I became a great teacher. I hired some phenomenal staff. I mean, you just, sometimes you just know in the interview, this person's gonna be a killer. It's gonna be, it's over. And I can talk about that potential and what I see. I don't mind talking about that. I talk with the person, but this is what I see. This is what I see happening with you and your influence with students and influence with adults. But I'm not gonna call you a great teacher until we get some results. That's how I wanna be treated. That's how I want to be treated. And we need to do more of that. There are way too many schools, and whether you're a PLC school or not, there are way too many schools that evaluate effectiveness based on activity. And if you're not getting the results you need, what I mean, the activity is not a consolation prize, that's a participation trophy. That's a participation trophy. So I love the fact that even though I didn't consider myself a good writer, I wasn't a confident writer, this man spoke it into me. I was six foot one at the time. I grew to six foot two after that email. Do you want me to recommend me? He said, yeah, recommend me. Absolutely. I mean, hell, it's almost 20 years later. It's 18 years later, and I'm reading from a journal where I printed that email out, cut around it, took some scotch tape on all four sides and taped it into my journal. That's the power of influence. So one, a lesson I want you to take away is be careful blowing sunshine, right? Be in it all together. Your people will appreciate you more when they hear praise and recognition based on results, not intentions and not activity. Results. 
even if they wait a little longer for those results, there's something to it. There's something powerful. It builds confidence in teachers. I've told you a hundred times, the time as a teacher, the principal just always said good job to everybody. I'm thinking to myself, well, everybody's not doing a fucking good job around here. Not everybody. And give me something more specific. Lastly, how do I say this? How do I say this? I try to pay forward what influencers paid to me during my life. And I'll just give you two quick examples and challenge you to do the same, be the same, make yourself vulnerable, transparent, and communicate to people in a sincere and authentic way. So my second grade teacher, Sister Mary Claire, who I've talked about a million times, she made me feel like a million bucks, made me feel like I do, could, could do anything, look past my hand-me-downs, my Wonder Bread lunchbox, which wasn't a lunchbox, it was an empty Wonder Bread bag, look past all of that. Like I'm a teacher today in part because of her influence. And I vowed as a classroom teacher to make every kid feel the way she made me feel at least once. And when I became a principal, I vowed to make every adult on my staff feel the way she made me feel. So 40 years later, I'm still carrying her legacy. And then there's, so I, I, I try to do that at every turn. I, I really do. I, I look for, I'm always on the lookout for sincere, authentic opportunities to pay it forward with that lens that Sister Mary Claire used with me. And then, of course, there's Richter Four, who's another influence. And I have others in between. I mean, this, this podcast exists because of one of my influencers. But Rick, the way Rick paid it forward to me, I use one of my, I have, I have a gift for seeing more in people than they see in themselves. And I'm actively looking for it. If I don't detect what I need to see, I don't talk about it, I don't make shit up. I don't, uh, you know, I, I try to make compliments sincere and authentic. But that's the way I try to pay it forward with Rick. I, I work to see more in people than they see in themselves because that's what he did for me. And I know, you know, what the result of that has been in my life. And it still reverberates to this day. And it's generational. His influence on my children, on our children, is just incredible. So I, I look for those opportunities. But the, but the caveat is they've got to, it's got to be real. It's got to be impactful. It's got to be based on results. We're going to lead you to results. So those times where I see more in people than they see in themselves, and it's based on me being an influencer, I know that what I'm pointing out is going to lead to results. And then there are times where the results are there and I make time to do that. There's, listen, there's only one Rick to four. There's only one Rick to four, but I got a real wake up call recently when Someone I followed up with, reached out to, saw something that I decided to communicate to them. And that person was blown away by my feedback. Like, 
I was blown away over almost a decade with Richter 4. And I would never even put myself in the same room with Rick. But as the person was, uh, the person was being so effusive, she sounded like I would sound if I were telling when I those times where I've told Rick just how much he has altered my life. And I have to admit, I got uncomfortable because she sounded like me talking to Rick. And in a moment of complete transparency and vulnerability, I, I shared that with her. Just like, it's, I'm almost uncomfortable because you, I understand what you're saying to me because I, I felt the same, like that's how I felt about Rick. And I almost said it like, be careful what you're saying because like those are the kinds of words and feelings I express when talking to Rick. And she said, well, I didn't know Rick, but if what you're describing me is real, then for me, you're my Rick. And um, that is a humbling place to be. Now again, she didn't mean it like, she doesn't know Rick. And I'm not expressing this as if, you know, I'm not, I'm not putting my resume next to Rick's. My, my point is, to someone in the world, I've become an influencer in the way he was an influencer with me. And we all have that within us. And it's a matter of becoming results oriented Embracing the tenets of visionary leadership and seeing it as part of your life's work to see more in others than you see in themselves, than they see in themselves. I never made our work about the kids. I never made our work about what we're not doing for kids, that we need to work harder for kids. It was always about we've got the talent in the building. It's in this room. It's in this room, and it's my job to bring it forth. Lastly, I'll give just one more quick example. I was in Utah and talking with, I think she's the director of elementary leadership, Amy Mitchell. And she just, she happened to be talking about my book and how she used passages from my book to coach up one of her principles that she leads and supports. And she had such great things to say about this principle. Christy and it was all in con all in the context of what we were talking about so but I decided in that moment just everything that Amy told me about Christy I'm gonna reach out so I did I just reached out I made a quick video and just encouraged her to keep going and understand that disrupting the status quo is gonna ruffle some feathers sometimes but make it all about the talent and your staff pour into them that's your classroom so forth and so on or her email response first thing she said was, you know, this is one of the kindest things ever and thank you and all that stuff and just to give you context of how much I think about this stuff in my email reply I mentioned that me creating that video may be considered a kind gesture but the message I sent to you is based on results like, there's no kindness in that that is 
That is someone in your circle saying great things about your leadership and your character. And you need to know that that's based on results. And so I don't even know how to circle back to the beginning. Just know that uh, we're always turning around and, and paying it forward in some way, shape, or form. This is my way of paying it forward. I mean, this podcast is a way of paying it forward. It's certainly not an income-producing asset. Um, think about that. Make sure your compliments are sincere and attached to results. It should be directly attached to the school you seek to build. I want you to remember to start with the crown, not with the kid. And keep in mind that there's no chance, no destiny, no fate that will circumvent, hinder, or control the firm resolve of a determined soul. Share this podcast with someone. Gifted to an, an existing leader, an aspiring leader. I'm just trying to get the word out and spread the gospel. Start with the crown, not with the kid, and make the bridges you burn light the way. You've been listening to the Ruthless Equity School Leadership Podcast with Ken Williams. For more information about Ken, visit RuthlessEquity.com.